You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one and welcome all. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. And it is, in fact, October 3rd, 2023, our first roundtable in the best month of the year. We are live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, and the Blog of the Boys Facebook page, as we are every single Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And that's every Tuesday, including the offseason, but we don't have to worry about the worst time of the year. It is the best time of the year. The Dallas Cowboys are 3-1, and and we are here to talk about what might be the biggest regular season game in the Mike McCarthy era. I say we. My name is Arjo Cha, and with me tonight, we actually have four round tablers joining me. So we have a, a five set here tonight. Uh, to get things out of the way, you can see, hear, read all of their work all throughout the Blog of the Boys universe. So make sure to do that. Make sure to subscribe right here to the YouTube channel or the Twitch channel, like the Facebook page. We also do podcast this show as well. So if you are listening on the podcast feed, please subscribe there, leave a rating, and write a review. Let's go in clockwise order. And this isn't any kind of favoritism. This is the order that they arrive to the stream in. So Danny Phantom, you are the early bird. What does the worm taste like? You know, I actually I paused a little bit just to give Tony time to sneak in there, but uh, you know he lollygagged, so it feels weird to be here. To be quite honest, I'm not used to this position, but you know I'll I'll deal with it. Tony Catalina, you were second um, for the audio audience, um, but because of our fifth edition here tonight, our fifth overall pl- uh, person, fourth player, you are kind of in that normal, you know, for the viewer right corner, although, again, the, the size of our screens is a little bit different. So do you feel kind of at home? Are you actually kind of happy that you were second because of the alignment of the screens? Yeah, it weirdly worked out. It's a little tighter box here, but I'm still in my corner, so I'm okay with it. By the way, Tony, I haven't said this to you. Um, I've been thinking about it for the last few weeks since you got that new chair. Um, are you one of the judges on The Voice? Because that's what it looks like um, with the particular kind of shade of red behind you. Yeah, I got to spin around, slap the button down, and, and make my pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, maybe you'll be picking uh, the audio stylings of Chris uh, Halling. Chris, you actually implored to be on this roundtable. I didn't tell anybody else, but... Um, we don't have to say why, uh, but you had another kind of thing take off, and there was a subject matter that you really wanted a piece of, and you said, I want to be on the roundtable again this coming week, so here you are. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I missed being on here. I missed uh, defending my title, you know, but I'm glad that a member of the writer's block was able to win it last week, my guy Brandon, and um, I'm seeing in the comments already that I'm already getting some criticism for, for DAC hate, which is not the word I would use to describe that at all, but, you know, we can get to that later on in the show. You um, did offer some choice words about the quarterback of America's team on the latest episode of the writer's block. Uh, Brandon did not actually win last week's episode. He won two weeks ago. Uh, David Howman won last week. So we do have a writer's block thing kind of running. Uh, Nevertheless, so if it isn't Howman, it can't be him tonight because he's not here. Maybe it's you, Chris, or maybe it is you, Brandon. Maybe you sandwich Howman. Maybe you're the Brit. I I might be. I might be. I mean, we got to go for a a repeat here. I'm kind of hoping we do that, and then we can go for a four, five, six. We'll just keep counting. But okay, uh, LeBron, LeBron Clements over here. Yeah, exactly. But uh, 
But it's nice that uh, my, my, my buddy Chris Holling is actually next to me for the listeners out there. So it, it seems like it's the writer's block versus uh, Phantom and, and Tony. So it'll be fun. Uh, There's well, some seniority above of in the top row here. We've we've all been here for a few years. You guys a little bit more than me, but you know, there's a little bit of seniority at the top. Danny, I think that was Tony's way of calling you old. Um, wow. I mean, because you, you, you were old. in the first spot. Uh, I, those are his words, not mine. <laughs> that's not what I heard, RJ. But you know, if you want to just kind of get us all riled up, that's fine. Uh, Danny, riled up is there is nobody from Riled Up here. Uh, to be clear, Riled Up is a show uh, on the Blog of the Voice Podcast Network, but neither Tom nor Roy um, are here. Uh, Chris, you did have five points taken away from you. Hey, I looked at the at the scoreboard tonight. You're behind the eight ball already, Chris. Hey, listen. The only thing I want to say is that you know Mike is already. Um, he's only in his third season, and he's the best player on the team. So you know, like we can talk about all his seniority all we want to, but you know, I'm still coming for the win. Um, you know what? Um, I kind of have been inspired. Danny, can you speak for a second, please, about anything you want? Yeah, you know, well, I, I'll say that uh, I think Zach Martin has got seniority on the team, and I'll gladly, you know, take the, uh, that role any day. So, I mean, if you want to come at you with the third year, what, what are you, you, are you trying to say, Micah? Hall, you know, Holly is Danny, going. I'm out. ready. Thank you for tapping. Yeah, Danny right. is in the 70th year. Uh, so, okay. So, because this was all an accident, the way your uh, screens did align here on the episode, uh, Chris did want to join, and we already had three of you, so that gave us four players. Um, I feel like um, the digital judge in a Mario Party game, we're just going to change the rules. The like red and blue uh, squares or, or colors are kind of sorting themselves. Instead of a four person game tonight, it is a 2v2 match. Tony, you dubbed yourself and Danny Phantom Team Seniority. Obviously, Chris and Brandon share a show that is the Riders Block. They will be TWB tonight. Is everybody cool with this? Brandon, you were nodding. You seem very excited. I'm very excited. And by the way, you missed the other point where you always give me a hard time for being the last guy on the program today. So I just wanted to clean that up. Chris, your guy, your teammates already like asking for negative points, even though you yeah. have some. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, to be fair, Chris already got us negative points. So, I mean, what the heck? Um, hey, but the, I just got us plus two points for confidence if you read the comments. So. For the audience at home, uh, we will hand out an individual award as well um, that I won't tabulate as uh, strictly. But, you know, the point is please award your points throughout the evening to individual players. And we'll obviously assign them uh, to the teams that they are on. You don't have to worry about typing out seniority or TWB. Uh, you all are already in the, the right and proper rhythm. Uh, but nevertheless, we do have some points to kind of get to then. Uh, so, Chris, you had minus five. Uh, Danny, you picked up five because wisdom comes with age. So Chris will learn one day. So a bit of a snap for Chris Holling, even though Chris wasn't the one who kind of opened that can of worms. That was Tony's fault. Uh, David did give two back to Chris for the confidence. You guys are net zero. Brandon, you did lose one. Um, oh, there it says there's no crying in the round table. Uh, and then Chris and Brandon have lost two once again for not having Deron Bland number one in the writer's block. You all did do. I had uh, Deron Bland as number one in my list. It's, it's, so. uh, it's a it's an overall aggregate sort of thing. Um, Don't I have lost. Diesel. Don't skip I have Diesel's comment. Well, hang on. I have lost five points for having the Eagles above the Cowboys in the power rankings. Um, Diesel, to your point, Tony says this is going to be a blowout. Danny and Tony are going to trash you guys like the Giants. Um, I will award points for uh, creative trash talk. Um, you know what I mean? And clever trash talk. So that is just something for you all to note. Uh, we are here, obviously, on the Tuesday ahead of what is perhaps, I said it, going to be the biggest regular season game in the Mike McCarthy era. So that being said, uh, Danny, you are first. And what we'll do is we'll go, um, well, I'll let you know. But Danny, uh, true or false, this is the biggest regular season game in the Mike McCarthy era. And if true or false, why, please? I think so. I think 
the the reason is because I feel like we now know that the Cowboys defense they're going to go out there and they're going to do their job. And now the real only question is, can they clean up some of the things that's happened on the other side of the ball? And McCarthy has still been under the spotlight. And, you know, there's some things that they got to get better, but I mean, the, he's got to be able to beat these good teams. And this is, this game is going to set the tone for the season because I mean, basically, you know, that one seed is, is at stake already. And we're at week five and the one we're talking about one seed is at stake. If Cowboys lose this to the four nineers drop two games behind, they're going to be, you know, we might as well just kiss that goodbye. So I think this is the the game that McCarthy needs to come out and says, okay, you know, my team is as good as I, as I, you know, make them out to be whenever we go into the playoffs and all this confidence that they, they have. So he needs to go out there and prove it. And this would be a, a huge stamp for him. Don't get me wrong. If he comes out and, and is able to come away with a win, this would be huge. So absolutely, I think that this is one of the top biggest games for, for McCarthy. Chris Holling. Yes, yeah. Um, I would agree that it's a very big game. I think it is the biggest regular season game under Mike McCarthy so far. Um, truly just because, you know, we have that chip on our shoulder after these past two losses to the 49ers in the previous two postseasons. And it's going to be a big measuring stick game for us throughout this season, at least up to this point, being able to see how we stack up against the odds on favor as of right now in the NFC. It's going to be a big test for the defense to see if they really are still that elite number one defense in the NFL that we all hyped them up to be prior to the Trayvon Diggs injury and that some people still believe all are, you know, like after that injury. And it's going to be a big test for Dak Prescott and the offense as well and see how they can uh, produce against that high-powered defense. Tony, um, this is a different question, but kind of related. Is it okay? Is it kind of pathetic? Is it whatever that the Cowboys are making such a big deal out of a regular season game? And and we're in the first week of October. And, I mean, they, have, they themselves have said, like, this is not a regular season game test. This is a, a pseudo playoff game. Now, to your teammate Danny's point, there is – seating on the line potentially down the road you do have to factor that but um you know if i'll be straight up with you tony if the eagles were talking about a cowboys game like this i think we'd be laughing and pointing fingers yeah no i, I think that's a fair assessment but i think the team has, has understands what the 49ers have done for the to them over the last couple of years right their season has ended at the hands of the 49ers i think there's a lot of conversation and rhetoric around this team having not being able to get over the hump that is the 49ers. So um, to sit here and say it's not a big game would would be to say that you're not listening to the players themselves. We've heard C.D. Lamb say in like week two that, you know, week after week five, the 49ers, that'll be like the test. Jonathan Hankins said, I think we'll get them. This is a big game. Jerry Jones alluded to it. They they got Dak, Dak Prescott pissed off after a 38-3 to win, you know, Todd Archer with the, with the question. So they themselves have told us how big this game is. So, I mean, when they're saying it, I'm inclined to believe them. Brandon, are you comfortable with the Cowboys saying it's a big game? Because, like, if they go out and win, it's like, hell yeah, we called our shot. You know what I mean? Like, we we said it. We wanted it. We got it. We're here. We bagged it. Let's go. But if they come out this whole week and they're like, hey, man, this is big. This is not a normal game. And they lose or, God forbid, they get blown out themselves. Like, then what happened? Then it was like, hey, you told us this was a big deal and you lost. Like, what does that say about you? Like, it's a risky game to play. Sure, it's definitely a risky game to play. And listen to Jerry Jones, what he said today. He said the Niners are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So, like, Jerry Jones doing what he usually does. He likes to fire, uh, you know, under the media the media machine out there. Yeah, and here's the thing. For me, with, with this whole Niners-Cowboys thing, it makes me feel like, as you know, as a young kid watching the, the 90s Cowboys and Niners, that was a lot of fun back in the day. And I, I'm, I'm, looking to, I'm looking back at that, and I'm also thinking, okay, this could be the, the 90s version of it where the Cowboys were pretty darn good at last time I checked. 
and here's the thing, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bold predictor on this one. I think the Cowboys are going to win. I just, you know, that's just my feeling on it. So even if they don't win and it's still a close game, they lose to a team that even their own owner says is, is one of the favorites or the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, Danny, um, a lot of the commenters are kind of okay with this, um, this overall kind of thought process. Uh, Donnie says we should be, uh, they're a better team or why they're a better team than who, than we, who if they so far go Cowboys. Um, let's see here. Uh, by the way, Chris, uh, Rick says love the t-shirt Dak wore on the press briefing. Um, that was a, a photoshopped picture just so we're clear it was photoshopped and i think it's so funny because i've seen that all over twitter today everyone is talking about oh he wore that you know you know listen listen it was on i mean it was honestly incredible photoshop because it it does look real but yeah no that was just an advertisement for this shirt company that i promoted on my instagram page and dak didn't actually wear it but you know a lot of people are talking about it. and even the eagles fan base i saw a couple of tweets from them they're like oh this is so corny that he would wear that and all these different things so it just shows that you know just um people take the bait uh we don't have to talk about them tony uh and i were talking earlier i incidentally riled them up or accidentally riled them <laughs> up earlier it was a, a bit of a tough scene uh for my mentions um on the artist formerly known as twitter uh but danny back to the point at hand aj says it's a team everyone is predicting to win the super bowl so why is it not a big game skyler says it's a big game we all know that but it's not a season defining game which is nice diesel obviously throws it back to 1990s or the 1990s when jimmy obviously called out the niners ahead of the 92 nfc or 93 nfc championship game excuse me uh put it in big bold letters we're gonna win the game etc etc um i mean are you all right with the cowboys you know do you do you view it as that like hey it's the elephant in the room they're just telling us like there's an elephant in the room uh, no i am i am all right i i, I think it, i think it's huge and i think that i want the players to be thinking like this is a, a huge game and I, I honestly i wouldn't be laughing at anybody if you know because th- this week five matchup has been circled for a long time they came into the the new season probably as arguably one of the you know Two of the best teams, but if not one, two, one, they're at least one, two, three. Or, so, you know, I, I want them to have this mentality that this this means a lot, and I want them to go in there and and basically it's it's a little it's a litmus test because those guys have just you know they've ended us last two seasons, and the Cowboys need to be able to show that they can hang with these guys, they can beat these guys. That this season is different, and I mean if, if they come out of this with another disappointing loss, then I just think it's going to be just a reminder that we're just not ready yet. So does it mean that, that, that something won't change come postseason time? I don't know. But I do think that this is super important. And, and we just – I want to see the mentality of this team. You know, if it doesn't end with a victory, I just want to see just an onslaught of a fight with this group and, and they come out there and play with, with aggression. So, I mean, it, it's a huge game. Tony. You know, to kind of the piggyback off of that. Uh, you showed your it- teammates. To make it clear, this game is a big game for the for the Cowboys. But understand, in the, in the big grand scheme of things, like they beat, let's say they beat them, you know, Sunday. You know what the national narrative is going to be? Okay, you couldn't do it in the playoffs. Like this, they're going to minimize the loss. I mean, the win. If they lose, then it's like, yeah, the 49ers got your number. So make no bones about it. No matter what happens Sunday, the Cowboys are going to be in a no-win situation. Publicly speaking, this game is big for their own their own mental, their own reasons. They want to go out and beat the 49ers. They know that they can do it to show that they can put a good game together. So all of this is for internal confidence. And because uh, you know, if you're on X or Twitter, whatever it is. Like you know what the what the conversation is gonna be. So this game is important for them. 
you guys, um, Team Seniority, I almost called y'all Team Love on Top. Great song by Beyonce because y'all have a lot of harmony going on. You are on top uh, with regards to um, our kind of formatting here. Uh, but you guys are kind of running away with this. Uh, Brandon, um, yeah, <laughs> um, Chris, um, the score currently 30 to 13 in favor of uh, uh, Seniority. Uh, so you guys have a lot of work to do here throughout the rest of the show. I want to go around um, and get each of yours opinion on something. But before, I need to offer you the context um, and I wanted to say this somewhere on our channels just to apply that context in case anybody saw the clip that Tony, you were talking about. I was on Kay Adams' show uh, earlier on Tuesday. I don't know if you guys saw this. If you didn't, what the hell? That really hurts my feelings. Uh, but either way, um, I mentioned uh, with regards to how the Cowboys are talking about this game, I said, yeah, this is a measuring stick. I echoed everything that you guys have said at this point so far. And I said, this is all about, I mean, everything is about beating the 49ers. And I said, the Cowboys don't view the Eagles as a threat. They view the Niners as a threat. And I didn't mean that in, you know, we all take our shots at the Eagles and things like that. But I didn't mean that with disrespect to the Eagles. But the Cowboys have kind of owned the Eagles in terms of head-to-head -head play. The Eagles have had more successful seasons. There's no denying that. Uh, they've obviously won a Super Bowl in recent memory. But with regards to when they play each other, None of us, I don't think, have ever been worried. We haven't, you know, vomited the week leading up to an Eagles game because we know that Dak Prescott generally has their number. But this is very different. I don't think it is shameful to admit that the 49ers are our daddy. They own us. They own our team. We have to admit it. And they live rent-free in our minds. The way I think we like to joke about the our team living rent-free in the minds of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll go around the bend. We'll start with Chris Holling. Who can you think of? You're obviously the youngest of the group that has owned the Cowboys like this. I mean, th this does harken back to the 90s because that's what it was about. It was this team has owned us. We have to get through. It, it is all about that. But who who have you felt like? I, the only answer I can come up with is Aaron Rodgers, one specific human being. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers. So, like, you kind of took that from me there. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I could honestly think of really just them or even the Patriots when they had Tom Brady because, you know, Tom Brady did have that high record against the Cowboys up until that last uh, playoff uh, win that we had setting him into retirement. But, yeah, it's been bad for uh, the Cowboys and 49ers rivalry since I've been alive. I, I unfortunately wasn't alive when things were going well for us in that rivalry. But, you know, hopefully we can change that on Sunday. Brandon. It's, it's an obvious answer. It's the Cardinals. I mean, we're already talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking. We're talking Tom Brady. Like, yeah, that, of course. Like, that's those are those are layups. But let's be honest. We we talked about it last week. I mean, the the Cowboys. Uh, I think they've won what one game in like the last fifteen years against the Cardinals. It's 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 ridiculous. It's and it's the Cardinals. They're like they're. I thought they were tanking for Caleb Williams at this point. But uh, the Cardinals. You know, they had our number this past. You know, the the week before. So. To me, it's it's the it's the Cardinals at this point. That's that's the that's the one that I would think of off the top of my head. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has done what he's done, and obviously, Tom Brady's done what he's done. So, out of a non Hall of Fame quarterback situation on their team, I'll go with the Car the Cardinals on that deal because they they you know unfortunately they dominated the Cowboys series wise over the last fifteen years. I think the Cardinals is actually maybe the best answer. It's just the losses haven't been as devastating. They've just, they've just yeah. been regular season, you know, yeah. early season losses. So they they, they don't hurt any, anywhere near as badly. Um, Danny, I think we're all going to agree that Green Bay is probably the answer in Aaron Rodgers. But do you agree that the Niners are the Cowboys' daddy right now? I mean, that's that's what the whole idea of this discussion is about. Like, you have to prove yourself against this specific team. You know, I only think it's, you know, it feels that way because it's just the last two seasons. And I mean, so as someone who kind of grew up into that rivalry of the, you know, the 49ers and Cowboys and cried when, you know, Dwight Clark made that catch, but I feel, feel like the Cowboys got their redemption in the nineties. So I'm not, 
I don't have any sort of like hostility towards like, oh, we got to get them back now. And to be quite honest, if you, if you think about recent history, the Cowboys have not just beaten the Niners, but they have just smoked them. And the Niners have been just kind of like, who are those guys? You know, so recently, yes, I see it. I understand. I mean, obviously when you get bounced two, two years in a row by the same team, it feels that way, but I'm not all, you know, I got a lot of Niner friends and family out there and I'm not at all going to admit that they own the Cowboys. And so I don't, I don't feel that way um, personally, but you know, at the same time, they are a team that similar to Steve Young and that monkey off his back that he got, you know, after losing back, you know, two, two years in a row, we have to go out there and show that we can, we can beat them. I would offer that the teams the Cowboys have smoked, that the Kyle Shanahan 49ers have been, have been quarterbacked by some pretty tough options. I mean, you know, so that's like in terms of after the program really, you know, kind of catalyzed or, or there was a catalytic moment for it it's been tough sledding yeah i want to clarify this was before the brock purdy and and garoppolo era right so well actually uh i think to be literally true um they had traded for garoppolo um when the cowboys beat tj Beathard, but it was like two weeks into it and they waited a little bit to, um, to ultimately bring him out but um tony that's part of what's so frustrating about this is like with the aaron Rodgers ownership of the cowboys there's a face to it right like there's there's one person who we can channel our hatred towards but it's not it's jimmy garoppolo's niner smoked the cowboys brock purdy's niner smoked the cowboys christian mccaffrey's kind of new to the whole thing right like you know there isn't one person that we kind of feel this angst towards which is why it is all directed towards the team as a whole yeah i would i would point my angst towards kyle shanahan because it, it doesn't like doesn't matter who's under you know under center they're whatever they're scheming up schematically is is obviously a kryptonite to us and it and i went on record on the show last year and i was like the cowboys are going to solve brock purdy i was unimpressed i thought like eventually the 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 slipper wasn't going to fit. It was going to strike midnight. And I was two wrong. years ago, Tony, you wanted them in the right. wild card round. Yeah, exactly. I mean, two years ago, I wanted them and, and I paid the price for that. And then again, I doubled down last year and I was like, you know what? I'm not impressed with Brock Purdy. I've been wrong twice, you know? And so you, you look at it sometimes and you look at it in the boxing analogy, like styles make fights. What the 49ers do has been a thorn in the side of the Cowboys. So it's tough to say anybody, but we're talking about individual performances. Randy Moss, Thanksgiving, 1998, three receptions, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Like that was the most personal, disrespectful, like performance I've ever seen in my entire life. And Adrian I was Claiborne begs to differ. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like um, Randy Moss was like, you didn't take me and I'm going to show you why you should have taken me. So it's Chris, you have patiently raised your hand and so have you, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, I'm sorry. I'm going to lose us some points here, but it has <laughs> to be said. Um, I would argue that Kyle Shanahan hasn't been the thorn in the Cowboys side against the 49ers. It's been our offense. It's been Dak Prescott. We had 12 points with him in uh, last year's game, and then we had 17 points with him the year before. And I'm not trying to, you know, talk mess on Dak Prescott. You know, I say the truth about Dak Prescott, and everyone acts like I hate him. That's not the case. I really like Dak Prescott. He's a top 10 quarterback, but he just has not played well against the 49ers the past two seasons. And that's an unbiased fact. He hasn't played well. You know, our defense did what it needed to do in its last game against the 49ers. And I know the run defense wasn't great in that wild card game, but, you know, Dak really couldn't get anything going offensively either. So, you know, I just have to kind of take that, you know, you know, stance and be like, hey, Kyle Shanahan isn't the one who's just, you know, just game planning us up the entire game. We we really haven't been the best best um, team offensively in either of those matchups. Wait, do uh, I don't think that is. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's just let's be cool, guys. It's a team game. All right. Uh Brandon, um, you had a point, but we're gonna we're gonna stick with this DAC thing. I don't know if that was your point, but let's get yours in very quickly and then we'll hit the DAC subject as a whole. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Chris Chris brings his, you know, his honesty to it, so I, I appreciate it. But I, I do have to land this plane a little bit here with, uh, with Chris's take. You know, I, I'm a DAC guy. Everybody knows that. So I think we balance each other out to kind of be DAC neutral, I guess. Because uh, you know me, I've said DAC 5K all season, all off season, 40 touchdowns, all that. So I just want to add that. But I, I do want to do one thing really quick. And I figured Danny would bring this up because he is the elder statesman of the group. I figured he was going to bring up the Steelers in the late seventies and eighties because you know they they kicked the crap out of us for five. five I'm not. Years. I'm not that old. Jeez, uh, guys, <laughs> <laughs> let's be cool. Danny's a nice guy, uh, but um, wow. Okay, this, Steelers is a good answer. This um, let's kind of segue to, to Dak as, as a specific kind of discussion point because um, Charles Charles McFadder says Chris was spot on. Uh, I was expecting a lot of hate from the. From Danny, that, Tony, just so you one. know, just from the crowd, Chris picked up 20 points. So, Brandon, you should really be patting your teammate on the back because you guys have taken the lead um, job, off of bro. his Good one job. answer there. Uh, so, Danny, Tony, you both kind of wanted to chime in there. Um, in, a, in a minute, after we talk about Dak, I'm going to ask you all who is under the most pressure uh, for this particular game. Uh, Dak and McCarthy are kind of obvious answers, so we won't include them as options. But Talking about Dak specifically and the pressure he's on, Chris has a literal point, Tony um, and Danny. I'd love to get your thoughts in a moment. Um, th- this is kind of a spotlight game for Dak Prescott. It, you know, like it does feel like the hyenas are ready to be set loose if he has a really poor performance on national television, throws some turn, throws some interceptions, and feeds the idea that this team does own him. Uh, you know, the problem is with this is it feeds into the narrative. And it, and it rejects nuance, right? Like, why does Dak Prescott struggle against the 49ers? Because they're a good defense, right? Like, it's it's not like it's, you know, a bad team. It's it's quite simple, right? You look at what he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the week prior. Did he just, like, drop off a cliff? Or possibly the 49ers have a good defense. Like, so, realistically, if a team struggles against the 49ers, you you might say, oh, it's because he's not the worst quarterback in the world. It's because they have a good defense, right? So with that being said, it is a big game. And it's a big big game because they've they've spoken to that fact. They've told you they want this game to be big. They told you they want to exercise their demons. They didn't have to say that. They chose to say that. And, you know, I was going to walk into this week and, and have an unpopular opinion to say, like, Regular season match, treat it like any other week, go out there and win the game. Like, I don't care who it is, go win the game. But they didn't allow that. They didn't even get out of the press conference after beating the Patriots the way they did before mentioning how important this 49ers game was. And Hank can say, we're going to win. And and it feels like a playoff atmosphere. So the 49ers are a good football team. I think that's what gets lost in this. They're they're probably the best football team in football right now. So with that being said, if, if Dak Prescott doesn't go out there and if he goes out there and doesn't play well, I'm not going to be the one to be like, oh, my God, throw it out. Like, he's no good. This is, you know, he's got their number. It's like he does this. They do this to a lot of teams and a lot of quarterbacks. Danny, uh, just so you know, before you go, uh, Tony lost five points for your team. Uh, Kevin has taken five away, saying Dak is paid to perform against good defenses, and that is the problem. That does seem like um, a, a, a really, you know, diluted way to look at this, Danny. Uh, but – there is some truth to that, right? Like, you know, to Tony's point, the, the Cowboys and Dak, everyone has said it's a big game. Okay, Dak, well, if you told us it's a big game, then, like, at some point you got to show up in that big game. And, like, I'm not saying – I don't want to do the, like, Dak's never shown up in a big game thing because he obviously has, and, you know, we don't have to be silly about this. But, like, if you're going to call it, if you're going to lay this out, you you kind of have to deliver. Is that not fair to say, Dan? No, it is fair. And, I, you know, I, I think that this is going to be the year that we – have to pick a side between McCarthy and Prescott if things don't go well, because 
honestly, we're just running out of people to blame, you know, and, and we've, we blame the defense and Garrett and Kellen and, and whatever. And, and so if, if, if this offense doesn't work, then w- somebody's got to explain to us why is it, is McCarthy, is the game pass McCarthy up or is it, do we really need to, you know, take a, a long look at, at Prescott and is he doing enough to win games? And we all know he's a good quarterback, but to Chris's point, is he doing enough to win games? And, you know, he's got to be great sometimes. And I just wanted to add one thing. When we look at the last two uh, playoff matchups, you look, you know, Quinn got worked over pretty good by Mick, uh, Mike McDaniels in, in the first go round. And then Quinn showed up and, and he actually um, did a good job last year, but then it was D'Amico Ryans who just out, you know, outplayed Kellen Moore, so to speak, last year. So this is really one of those games where it's like, okay, you've made changes, Dallas. Mike McCarthy, here you go. Let's see what you can do now. And, you know, we need we need different results. Is it going to be on the arm of Prescott or is, or is it going to be uh, McCarthy's play calling? But I tell you what, if the offense goes out there and sputters, you know, heads are going to roll. Somebody's head's got to roll. So that's – I feel like we're, we're getting to that point. Chris, you were next. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, like all respect to Tony and his point, but I just don't think that that's a fair point to make to be like, oh, he's, he's, you know, like he gets a pass because it's a good defense. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to get over that hump at some point. And if he's not the guy to do it, then I mean, are we just going to keep not getting over that hump because, oh, it's, it's, it's a great defense by the 49ers. I mean, at some point we got to have a guy who's going to do it. So he's got to do it this year. And I admit, you know, last year, uh, you know, like things didn't go great for him. He didn't really have great production from the wide, uh, from the wide receiver two position Our most explosive player on offense got hurt. Tony Pollard, that kind of threw a wrench in the offensive game plan, but all of his um, excuses for why he couldn't perform against that defense last year has been, I think, resolved this year. Michael Gallup's playing much better than he did pre-injury. Um, um, we have an a, a, a explosive player in uh, Brandon Cooks and um, Tony Pollard. But that hasn't healthy. that hasn't translated. Like I think it hasn't translated. Dial it back on Cooks to TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it hasn't translated, but it's a guy who who is still a better third option than who we had last year. So, I mean, all of his weapons are much better than last year, and we have our running back back. So, if it doesn't happen this year, then, I mean, when is it ever going to happen? It, I, I mean, we have to put some blame on somebody. And, and I mean, like, the defense did what it needed to do in last year's playoff game. And at the end of the day, I do think that that playoff loss was on deck. So, I'm hoping he can, you know, change that and, and uh, play better on Sunday. Brandon, the last time you spoke, your team was trailing significantly, uh, but you guys are up at the moment, 48 to 42, your biggest lead of the night. You've been quiet. You've been kind of sitting back and letting everyone fire off these takes. Tony's about to freak out uh, up in his top right corner with all the conversation that's happening here. What are your thoughts? Because there is something to the blame. The water has to go somewhere, right? Like like if the water's going to break the dam, it has to go somewhere. And so I hate to, to simplify things and say you have to blame somebody, but I mean, there is an inherent pressure that is on Dak that, to Tony, some degree is unfair and exacerbated because of the position that he holds, but to another that is extremely fair and objectively warranted. Brandon. Don't blow it, Brandon. Don't blow it. (laughs) Don't get conservative here. It is. It is. It's not unfair. Like, I I don't like he's the quarterback of America's team. So you're expected to perform. Respect. You have to get out there and you have to perform. That's, That's exactly what you need to do. You have Tony Pollard. I mean, Chris has mentioned all these dudes. I mean, Jake Ferguson's playing well. We got the we got we have one of the best trios of receivers in the game. And the issue is, you know, Dak he hasn't been there in the clutch moments like that Cardinals game. That situational awareness he threw he he forced the ball in there. So for me, like I love Dak. Y'all know I love Dak. 
But sometimes uh, when push comes to shove, he needs to step up in these bigger situations. So for me, I, you know, Chris made some really good points and I'm sitting here just listening because, you know, he was stealing my thunder because I'm sitting here listening to it. And he's, he, he made some great points with, uh, with Dak Prescott. And at the end of the day, you're the quarterback, you're the field general. Like you have to, you, you have to lead your troops to victory. That's just, that's how it goes. That comes to the territory. If you, if, if you're going to, you know, if, if, if we're going to sit here and make excuses, then is he the franchise quarterback? I mean, I'm just, I'm, I think he is, but if, if there's doubt there, if you're, you're making excuses for him, then for me, then, okay, so are, are we going to pay him when his next contract is due? Like, is he, is he worth it at that point? Like, is, is there something in the background where, okay, like, is, is, are the Cowboys secretly getting things ready for Trey Lance? We don't know these questions yet. We, we have a lot of that's, things to figure out. The Trey Aww. Lance thing is like, that's, that's a little far fetched. Okay. Like, the that conversation is fair. The Trey Lance, you know, gear we've hit is a little, you know, um, I don't know if there's tea in here. I don't think, I don't think it is. Why, um, why, why, why not bring him in? I mean, he's he, he has the talent. Well, but, I mean, because it, like multiple things can be true. It can be true that Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and that he struggles in this particular moment against this particular team. It can also be true that, you know, maybe for some people that struggle is worth moving on. It wouldn't be in my mind. Um, but at some point you have to overcome that struggle. Now, Tony, again, you have really had this like internal wrestling match that you've um, allowed to be shown on, on screen. So it's been this great dichotomy happening all over the place here. There's tension and I enjoy it. I'm going to, Change the question a little bit for you, Tony, um, because to, to different degrees here, your fellow roundtablers um, are prepared to blame Dak, I guess, for lack of, of a better way to put it there. But like, I think you're you're jumping to the defense just a teeny bit too early. I think Danny's saying like, hey, like there is definitely a world where this is Dak Prescott's fault. Chris is saying that. Brandon literally verbatim said he prefers Trey Lance over Dak Prescott. Those are his That's exact words. <laughs> uh, but, but that that being said, Tony, what would have to happen for Sunday night you to be lying in bed and go, damn, this was on Dak? Like what like what would again within the realm of realistic possibilities and probabilities, what would have to happen for you to because right now it sounds like I'm I'm not saying you're moving the goalpost, Tony, but it sounds like you're like, well, he's playing a really great defense. That's true. But at some point, like that cannot be the factor that wins out. Let me let me. I mean, the thing that I've been literally stewing on for three minutes, I just want to touch on that real quick before I get to that. Like we were so close to the answer and we just didn't cross the finish line. Like Danny was like, well, in 2021, Mike McDaniels got us. And then in, you know, it was the Miko Ryan last year. And it's like, who do we blame? You don't blame anybody. They're just a good football team. You know what I mean? Like a good football team beat you. Like I, Chris shaking his head. Are you going to deny that the 49ers are a good football team? They are, are a great doing? football team, but who is responsible so you want, for us not crossing the finish line? It's, it's, last the, it's, it's Dak Prescott. He threw two crucial interceptions. You just said, you just said they didn't have enough weapons. How do you blame him in the same breath? They didn't, but we paid him like, to put these expectations on him to but, kind of take that next step. Mul and carry the multiple things can be true. It, it can be true <laughs> that he was, he was set up poorly. It can yeah. also be true that at a certain point, you know, that cannot be the overriding factor. That's unfair to ask, you know, to a certain degree. But again, there's context that's necessary for all of this. Again, to to the current question, Tony, what would have to happen for you to say, you know what? I mean, he had it all. It was all there for him. And he just kind of laid it an egg. I mean, if to, to your current question, 
you would have to have multiple turnovers. You would have to start doing things that I haven't seen in this offense. He's been highly efficient, right? Like he's taken what the defense has given him. He's almost averaging 80% completion. He's doing what is asked him. The only thing that this offense really hasn't done well is the red zone things. And it's been silly, stupid mistakes. So like, what if they, what if they falter there? Like what if they falter in the red zone, an area where they're known to be deficient in what they are describing to be a bigger than a normal regular season game? If their known deficiencies stay deficiencies, I'm not going to feel more worse about it. Like, but you know like what I mean? That, that, the blame for that has to fall somewhere. That's the everyone's kind of point. Where, here. where like, does who, it fall right now? Do you think it's Dak Prescott right now? If you don't, I don't think he has the one I week. I, I don't think he has zero percent responsibility. That that's. Sure. But okay, so I, I like, guess, I like guess. you're you're sounding like, oh well, you know, it's just like everyone's really great that they're facing and they have a deficiency, and if the deficiency continues, then no. it's just their deficiency. No. It can't be a deficiency forever. I, 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 I just don't, I just don't live in the world where, like, credit can't be given. Like, we have to throw somebody out. I'm, that's not what I'm. But thinking no one with. is saying throw out. Throw literally blame three on guys out here said out. somebody has to pick a choice. Somebody has to take. Well, the Danny blame. said the McCarthy said Dak thing yeah. at the end of the season. But again, like what 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 would have to happen for you to put whatever percentage like of blame? Said, he would have be? to. He would have to play significantly worse than what we've seen thus far. He's been, which is how been, he played in the game last last year in the playoffs. Why do you think that argument. is? I'm Chris. not, and like that's my argument. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about his play this year. His his play this year has been much better than last year. So, so if, if, if his bad. play all of a sudden dropped off in week five and it's the same opponent that he had struggled with in 2022, where do you think the common denominator is? But then I what mean, if they face well, that like, opponent in, in the playoffs? It, you know I mean? like, that's, that's the... You gotta, yes, I understand that eventually if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to beat that one team. But if we're going to sit here and say we keep getting bounced by one team, I'm not going to be like, well, Dak. And, and Mike McCarthy got to get thrown out. It, it might have to do more about that one team. Okay, and that's fair. But if if that one team continues to own you, to use the verbiage we've used here tonight, like at a certain point, you have to break through. Like at a certain point, like even if they are the best team in the NFL, you can't rely on not having to face them. And so again, I think that I, I'm not hearing anyone say like, if they lose on Sunday night, then we got to move on immediately. Like no one is saying that. But um, I'm not saying that we need to move on from him in the regular season right now. I'm just saying that he has to take some blame for it. That's all I, I'm I, saying. I don't think he's not absolved of, of blame. I, I answered directly what the question was. If he plays worse than he has played to this point, then yes, Dak Prescott will get the blame he deserves. Currently here, it may be fair here. The national media will it'll be nuts, but he but it'll be justified within the people that I trust in this network. With that being said, that will be justified. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, Dak Prescott played really well against the Patriots and then didn't play against the 49ers well. Like, is it because he stinks? No, it's not because he stinks. Again, no one is saying it would be because I, he stinks. It's like that. This is a bit of a straw man argument at this point. It would be like <laughs> it, it would be he can't beat this team. And it, it's not just he. It's they. It's it's the entire collective group. But if he were to have similar struggles. Again, we can chalk it up to the Niners being elite, being great. For what it's worth, they would have another different defensive coordinator. Like Danny mentioned, Amico Ryan's. They have a new defensive coordinator. Like, like so, factors are changing within the Niners too. Like it's not they're not. He's not losing to the same eleven defensive players, the same defensive coordinator on the same field in the same uniforms, the same time of day, same weather, same temperature. But like, they're not a losing lot of factors the, are adjusting as well. But they're not losing in the same fashion either, right? So one year they put up a lot of points off offensively, and the defense fails them. Last year their defense was on 
point and their offense failed them. So one out of the two situations is, is Ben on the offense. The other half was on the defense. The first time that we played the 49ers and the offense was there and the defense wasn't, were we blaming Dak Prescott there? I bet you we were. I mean, like, was I bet the you there was really there. They scored 17 points, and Dak only threw one touchdown, and he still had an interception. He didn't play phenomenal. I and mean, nobody's like, saying phenomenal, bad, but, but like we're talking so 17 to 12, the five point difference is the reason why Dak Prescott can't get it done in your mind. No, no, because it's the way the defense has played in those two games as well. Okay, there's a clear difference in the defense, but he played. I mean, he dropped 40. I mean, he put he put Tom Brady in, in a retirement home. That's the awesome. week prior. That doesn't change yeah. what happened in the 49ers if, game. If you're you gonna, know? if you're gonna be absolute i guess this is a substantial take but i'm not gonna live in the absolute world i think it's a little absolute to to say it's just because they're a great team like and i know you're saying some blame would have to fall on him um like i think you guys are picking speaking of straw you guys are picking one point of it i absolutely have zero issue i've just spent six tweets today talking about stefan gilmore in a negative light you don't think i'm gonna be afraid to do that about dak prescott like the if he deserves it he's gonna get it but but the man who gets like smashed on consistently when he doesn't deserve it, I'm not gonna go out here and just throw the whole thing on him. He will get the justified, you know, a justified dessert from me if he deserves it. But we'll see what happens. Tony, let me just say when the Cowboys blew out the Giants in week one, we all made a lot of content about Dak has beaten the New York Giants 10 times in a row, right? Like he owns them, whatever. If he were to lose a third game in a row against the 49ers, I mean, it's not 10, you know what I mean? It's, it's only 30% of the way there, but like that would be a significant thing. And this is not in the playoffs, this particular one. And the context of it does matter. And the context will get lost on some people um, in the name of just kind of, you know, speaking whatever point you want to. But like th this is a in like th this is a significant performance for Dak Prescott. Th like we talked about, this might be the biggest regular season game of the Mike McCarthy era. This might be the biggest regular season game of Dak Prescott's career, given the context involved. And I'm not saying he has to come out and show out he can absolutely have an efficient game like he did against new england on sunday he can absolutely just take all that low-hanging fruit but if he struggles if he if he continues to struggle with his defense and you can argue about the first playoff loss in the wild card around two years ago whatever but that feeds that narrative that there's one team that he can't get over and i agree with you it's stupid to say oh because you own 30 teams and not one like we got to get rid of you i don't think anyone here is saying that but it, it would be time to you know at least reconcile that there is a a San Francisco 49ers shaped ceiling above Dak Prescott. I mean, I think you said it in a different way than I have. Like Dak Prescott, yes, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat a team that you that you've either struggled as a team or as personally done. But but like I'm not going to sit here and and diminish in my opinion, right? And you guys going to clearly disagree. I'm going to sit here and say, wow, that's a good 49ers football team. Like, I'm not looking to place blame. I'm looking to give credit, right? So if Dak Prescott doesn't get it done for the third time, it's, wow, style make fights. This is a good 49ers team who understand how to attack this offense and this and this personnel. If they beat it, I'm going to be super impressed. If they don't, I'm going to say, well, you know, we still haven't figured out that 49ers thing just yet. But I'm not going to say, well, well, you know, are we going to renew Dak Prescott's contract? Like, are we looking at Trey Lance? Like, this is that's insane to me. Annie, you have been very quiet. You've been absorbing. Um, it's been marinating. I, I suppose you're ready to be thrown on the grill. Um, so how do you feel at this moment in time? Well, this is it's it's different for me because I'm not. It's it's I have a clear choice between McCarthy and, and Prescott. I I know which one's good and which one I'm certain I'm not certain about. So to me, you love you Mike know, so much, Danny. No, <laughs> you know what? No, 
I just I, I just go with what I see, and I've seen a I've seen enough uh, body of work <laughs> f- from Prescott to know what he's capable of. So I'm not worried about Dak now. Am I worried about Dak in this offense a little bit? And and is it and to the point that people are are saying there are times where he is not playing, you know, as well as he could, but. To answer that question, who am I going to blame if the Cowboys offense goes and sputter? Probably Mike McCarthy is my answer, um, because I feel like that he's the guy that ha- that needs to get to, to make all these changes to make Dak fit into what he wants for this offense. They've changed the way they are. The Cowboys are super conservative now. They're careful. I'm not saying it's bad. Actually, they're scoring points. I mean, it's not touchdowns, but they're scoring points. So I'm not ready to just like throw it away with Mike. I, I'm, I'm still giving him a chance, but I do have some concerns. I think he's a little cowardly at times. I think I think those things have come and bite, bite him when we face really tough teams. But Prescott's this team's quarterback. He you know he's going to remain this team's quarterback. We know what he what he's capable of. Uh but at the same time if you ask who to blame you really have to break down and like and look at every individual situation. Like the red zone, if when he throws a pass that's too high for CD, that's Dak's fault. When he throws a pass that's that uh, uh, Scooney should have made, caught, that's Scooney's fault. I mean, when Pollard runs into him, whose fault is that? You know, or nobody when they miss a someone misses a block, that's I mean, that's not on Prescott. So you have to really take a look at each individual thing, figure out what's going on before you can really make a fair decision. Um, I think that's really fair. Um, this is a tense week, if it isn't obvious. Um, I'll be honest, I lost track of all the points um, that were coming in from the crowd because you guys were a little bit messy, uh, if I'll just be straight up with y'all. Uh, so uh, we've landed here. Team Seniority has 75 points, and Team The Riders Block has 78. Um, Brandon, um, you brought up the Steelers. I picked the two years that the Cowboys lost Super Bowls to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so thanks for bringing that up and you know upsetting cool. us all even more. Um, tough scene. Anyway, let's move on. Um, because we're in the mood to, I guess, like fight and blame and argue with people. Um, let's start with uh, with you, Brandon. Um, I'd like different answers. So we're going to go Brandon, D- uh, Danny, Chris, Tony here. Give Tony a minute to cool off. Put him on ice. Um, who is under the most pressure this week? You cannot say Dak Prescott. You cannot say Mike McCarthy. Those are obvious answers. But, Brandon, you do get to go first. Oh, I mean, I have to say the rush defense. I think it's not just Brandon, one area. It's one person. It's one single. You can't you can't throw a blanket on on like a big group of players. Well, I don't I don't think there's that much pressure across the board. I think it all it's a team pressure. That's Brandon. Speaking at. of teams, you're letting yours down. You have to pick one player. If, okay, if I'm gonna pick there's one player, then what's that? I said there's 22 of them. We we just gotta pick one. <laughs> I mean, it's to me. I would say it's the offensive line. It's 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 Chuma Chuma Adoga. I'll just pick okay. that because to me, it's it's. I don't. There's not one particular player that has more pressure than other than than it's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is the guy that's under the most pressure. The coaching staff is under the most pressure. To me, it, after that, it's just the it's the rest of the team. That's that's how I'm looking at it. But if 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 I'm picking one person that I can't pick because it's Dak Prescott because we've spent three quarters of this show about it, then I'll go with Adoga if he's going to play left tackle because. I just I don't care what anybody says. I just don't think a doga should be playing left tackle. I think he looks shaky out there, and the 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 49ers front uh, front line will just destroy him. I just don't I don't think I just you know. And Tyron Smith, we don't know what's going to happen. There's been you know the reports. You know we, we don't know what's going to happen this week. So is he going to play? Is he not? I'm going to say he's probably not going to play. So that means the doga is going to be at left tackle. So at that point, at that stage, I don't trust him as much against the 49ers front four. I, I just don't. I think he's. 
I, I think he's on an island. I, I, I've been saying it since Tyron Smith got injured once again. Ty, Tyler Smith should be at left tackle. I don't care about moving him over and this and that. To me, he's the guy that if Tyron Smith can't play, he should be playing left tackle. So I think, you know, in a game like this, I feel like Chuma Doug is going to be in trouble. I just I, – I, I don't see it from him. I think he's more an inside player than, a, than an outside player. I know a lot of people I've, – I've seen on X that they, they, they do like him and they think he's, he's done a decent job. I don't know what film y'all are watching. I just don't think he's – I think he just needs to be an inside. I think Tyler Smith should be a tackle right now. Um, I would offer that Chuma deserves a whole hell of a lot of credit uh, for what he's done this season. Brandon, he has – he was he signed with this team to be a reserve to sit back and chill um on what a lot of people foolishly think is a great offensive line he's had to play left guard he's had to play left tackle he has had to fill the roles of maybe the best young left guard in the nfl and tyler smith that we're seeing more and more as every week passes by that he's made his return and one of the best left tackles of all time he has had to play two different positions through the first four weeks of the season and he did not like get run over last week i mean like he has way 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 over delivered in terms of what he has was asked or going to be asked also, to do when the Cowboys first run for his life. He's also made Dak run for his life. I, I that's, think I think you're being really picky on Chuma and and not contextualizing, you know, who he is, what the expectation was, and how dire the circumstances have been that he's had to play two different positions so far. And but he's your answer. It took us three tries, but we got one player. Uh, so Danny Phantom. Uh, who is the one player who you believe is under the most pressure that is not Chuma Adoga, obviously not Dak Prescott, and not Mike McCarthy? You know, I'm by the way, go- Ron the Don says there's one sneaky answer, and I'll be giving plus five if it comes out. Well, I don't know if my answer is sneaky, but it's going to be un- unexpected because I'm going to say that Micah Parsons is under the most pressure. And the reason I'm going to choose Micah is because he is the leader of this defense. He is the, the lion that wants to eat. He's the guy that wants to be defensive player of the year. And I'll tell you what, if, if the Cowboys have a chance against this 49ers run defense, it's going to take a, a disciplined and focused Micah Parson where he is going to have to basically, you know, not, not stay over aggressive, but at the same time, be super aggressive. And it, I think he's the straw that, that, that stirs this drink because everything's going to be a, facilitated around Micah and if they're the Cowboys defensive leader is struggles and you know the the, 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 not, the 49ers are really good about you know you'll take away people there's teams that have been able to to neutralize Micah and done a good job with it if the Niners are able to do this then it's going to ask quite just like you know is this defense really that good Micah has got to come out there and make plays play well let the other has his teammates feed on his energy and Bring this, this this stout run defense against uh, Christian McCaffrey and 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 the, this 49ers offense and shut down this you know really good uh, high scoring team so far this year. That to me, I feel, will just set the tone. And and if he comes out there and disappoints, then it's just going to bring a lot of doubt. So I think there's a lot of pressure. Micah, you know, he talks about how, living for these moments. I want him to come out there and deliver. Danny, you picked up, you raked up um, an enormous amount of points. Uh, Diesel says that you are spitting fire um, in the comment section uh, where we're currently at. Massive lead picked up for Team Seniors here, uh, 178. I should have named all the underclassmen. God, I missed the great opportunity there. Uh, But uh, whatever. Um, Danny, I agree with you. That's my answer. 
Um, and Tony, I think this speaks to the Dak thing um, a little bit. Like the expectations are different, you know, and, and that's unfair, but that's just reality when you're the quarterback and certainly when you're Micah, when you've proven what he's proven. And Danny, I love that you brought up, and I don't think any of us are saying Micah doesn't have the right to talk or to say this or that, but Micah calls himself the lion. Micah talks about, like you said, wanting to be in these moments. And again, I love Micah Parsons as much as everyone else, but after the Cowboys blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead last season in Green Bay, Micah literally came out and was like, that will never happen again. If Dak gives me a 14-point second-half lead, I'll never blow it again. They literally blew it in Jacksonville, like right after that. And so it's like, Micah, you you know, you're great, and like you've you've got more than enough benefit of the doubt to, you know, have a few, you know, statements go back and, and give you some egg on your face. But man alive, if you want to be the team that goes in on primetime against the big bad 49ers, hell yeah, Micah Parsons has to be the dude to absolutely kick some ass. Great job, Danny Phantom. Uh, that was the answer I was looking for. It, it, uh, it was it was hard to follow too much Doga, though. Uh, <laughs> Chris, um, good luck following Micah. Um, but, you know, you've got some work to do, and you've pulled off some heroic wins before. Yeah, um, my answer is actually going to be Brandon Cooks. It's going to be the new guy who just walked into the wide receiver room. And it's not necessarily because he's done anything bad, per se, this offseason. I mean, um, uh, this season, but, you know, all offseason, you know, there's so much talk about Brandon Cooks is going to be the guy who really brings this vertical threat to the offense. And we haven't seen it yet. And, you know, for whatever case may be, we just haven't seen that yet and i think that we need to see that in this 49ers game because i don't think that we're just going to be able to dink and dunk our way down the field consistently against this defense this is a really good defense and nick bosa is going to be getting pressure and they have a good secondary they have a great linebacking uh core um a headline by fred warner who's the best linebacker in the nfl in my opinion we're going to need some 25 plus yard plays here and there and i think that that's going to be brought by 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 um Brandon Cooks being able to have that vertical threat down the field. We know CeeDee Lamb can do it. I'm going to be honest, when CeeDee Lamb had that crazy catch on the sideline in uh, that divisional loss last year, when that happened, I was like, wow, we are winning this game. Like 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 that play, I was like, wow, I was convinced that we were going to get that win. CeeDee's going to be able to do what he can do, but we need a guy next to him who's going to extend the field and give Dallas a deep threat because then 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 if we have a deep threat, then then the 49ers defense will be respecting that deep ball more, and it's going to free up more in the run game for Tony Pollard as well. So I just think, you know, Brandon Cooks hasn't really been called out for anything bad this this season, and I don't think he should because he hasn't done anything wrong. But, but like, this is his game to really show why that hype was there and why they were content with um, getting him instead of other guys in uh, the offseason. So I think it's a big game for him to really step up and lead this offense. Chris Holling still pissed off that the Cowboys did not trade for DeAndre Hopkins um, in the offseason. All I'm saying is that <laughs> if we had DeAndre Hopkins, maybe our red zone issues wouldn't be as bad. That's all I'm saying because he is a great red That's zone all player. you're saying, but you've got 16 Kyle Pitts posts at Dallas Cowboys squad on hey, Instagram that hey, beg the difference. Hey, listen, I know it's not realistic, but you know, a man can drink. It's not only not <laughs> realistic, Chris. It is like against the laws of gravity, not realistic. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a silly season kind of well, thing. Listen, well, listen, well, listen, at one point, gravity didn't exist and it wasn't even an, oh, no. What gravity wasn't thought to exist. Oh we wouldn't. Newton came in and he changed the laws of physics for everyone. So, we wouldn't have know. any draft capital if it was up to Chris. Hey, it's worth it if we, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be stuck on the earth. earth. We, we'd, be, we'd all be in outer space if it weren't, if it were up to Chris. Um, that's okay, Chris. This this isn't physics 101. You know what okay. I mean? You're, you're I was always bad at science, you know, in school. <laughs> so like, yeah. clearly, clearly yeah. you were. Yeah, no, um, we're going to ignore that. 
Uh, okay. By the way, I, I I think the answer is interesting, Chris, but it is an extension of McCarthy. I like Kevin's comment here who says, I like the answer, but it's more McCarthy and play calling. Cooks just can't just check in and take off on a random go route. The Cowboys just haven't needed that. Um, that particular element of their offense. So to your point, maybe that's like that's well, that's what Brandon Cooks is emblematic of. Um, so um, you know, all right. Uh Tony, uh, as it stands, uh actually let me update here. Chris picked up five more. Um, y'all have the lead. You have a two-point lead. We have one more question after this, but you do get to answer, Tony. Uh, who is under the most pressure this week and why? Can't go Dak, McCarthy, Chuma Adoga, Micah Parsons, or Brandon Cooks. Yeah, if if you if you follow me on Twitter or X whatever, um, you'll kind of see where I'm going to allude to with this answer. I take no pride in it, right? I did a thread on some things that I'm a little nervous about. Threads is a different platform, Tony. Not that's not Twitter. So I did a thread on X of different videos that gets me nervous. Through and the, the pick I'm picking is Stephon Gilmore. Um, what the 49ers do offensively in the intermediate with the crossing shallow routes, Stephon Gilmore. If that's his weakness so far, that is the the weakness. He he is. He's, he's trailing guys. It's not always the speed guys too, right? Like Marquise Brown is a tough pull. He's always, you know, three to four yards behind. I understand that there may be some crossing routes, but when it's man coverage, he has an issue with staying with some of these speed guys in the intermediate crossing across the field. I think him being the, the cornerback one in replacement of Trayvon Diggs is going to be a huge factor. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay productive? I will say he has done a really good job. Most of his film is really exceptional. Like he, he still is him himself. And what he does is, is a really good cornerback, but there are some things that I'm afraid the 49ers might be able to take advantage of. If they get the running game going, if they're able to get that play action working and they're able to do these long developing, you know, bootleg roll out with, you know, easy throws, one read throws for Brock Purdy, Stefan Gilmore could be on the, the receiving end of some of these big chunk plays guys like Brandon Ayuk, D- Debo Samuel. These are fast guys. These are guys who run over the middle. So it's, it's something I'm worried about, right? I think we saw Deron Bland have a really good game last week. He's a guy that we feel good about, but at the same time, we need Stefan Gilmore to be cornerback one. We didn't bring him in here to be that guy, but we need that. And, and much like I feel about Dak Prescott and some of the offensive stuff, styles make fights. And I think that this, type of offense may be something that they focus and try to attack Gilmore on. He'll just need to be on his A game. Brandonium. It's a new nickname I'm trying out, by the way. But Brandon. Okay. I'll let it, I'll let it fly. I, to Tony's point though, I do have to I do have to make a point to that. Watching, you know, watching speed guys do deep crosses is one of the toughest routes to cover in the game. So I'm not going to give him too much flack for for not being able to stay with a guy like Hollywood Brown, who's one of the fastest guys in the league. I think Stefan Gilmore, he still checks enough of the boxes to me where I'm I'm not concerned. If he's if he's our QB or he's our cornerback one, I'm I'm not worried about it. It's Ron Bland doing a hell of a job on the other side. The cornerbacks I'm not too concerned about. You made my point exactly, right? Marquise Brown, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker. Different animals when it's Brandon Nayuk and it's Debo Samuel. And this is what the 49ers do exceptionally well. They do it to everybody. And when it's Gilmore and that's his weakness, he could do 95% things in excellent level. If this is the 5% that they struggle with, that's why I'm worried about. That's why I did it in the film doesn't lie. That's why you also have safeties to help out. Yeah, but they were there the last four games too. Danny, did you raise your hand or did you raise the roof? I, I, was, I was trying to do a high five, but I, I couldn't get it. A good job. Tony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was okay. very awkward. It got uh, awkward. Um, yeah. For, uh, for... for the audio audience, Danny was trying to kind of Brady Bunch um, high five, um, you know, uh, through the boxes. But uh, or I guess Hollywood Squares. Uh, maybe y'all don't know what that is. The young crowd, because you like to call people old. So whatever. Um, all right. Uh, as we head into the final question, I need to add these points. 
Um, we got a fourth quarter lead going on here. Uh, kind of improbable comeback. It would you know, have to be uh, 117 to 103 in favor of the senior. So, uh, Chris Brandon, we need a senior prank. Um, I know that that's generally done by the seniors, but you need to prank the seniors themselves uh, to be able to obviously uh, come home with the win here. So um, we'll start with Tony. Uh, simple question. You get, I just want a numerical answer and a very short kind of bullet point, wrap it up kind of thing. One to 10. How nervous are you for Sunday? 10 obviously being the most. 10 is like, holy crap. Um, one <laughs> is like, I'm super chill. I'd say it's an eight. This is a good football team. They've obviously had a number the first two years. The Cowboys have let us know that this is a very important to game for them to win. Um, they they feel like this is a measuring measuring stick. They believe and have said as much that they think this is a Super Bowl caliber team. They got to go out there and prove it. And and Danny alluded to the the fact that the seedings play into it. You may look at this game come January and say, if we got this one, maybe we're the two seed, maybe they're the one seed. Uh, this is a this is a big football game. So I'm eight. Brandonium. I have it as a six, slightly above five. You know, I'm, I'm not that nervous, but I'm kind of, you know, the Niners are a Super Bowl contender, but I do think Dallas has, you know, they have the best defense in the league. I think Dak Prescott is playing well. He's playing well in the system at this point. And I feel like, I feel like the running game is going to do, do some damage. I, you know, I, I don't think the Niners can cover all the weapons at, you know, at once for the Cowboys. So I do think this could be Dak's best statistical game from a passing yardage perspective and, and touchdown. So I feel like if, if we get that done and we, you know, and the, and the Cowboys defense does what they normally do, I feel pretty good about the game. But at the same time, Brock Purdy has been doing a lot of things. Like he's, he's number one, in a lot of categories right now. So he's on a different level and he's, you know, he's, you know, and t- I know Tony was, Tony was very wrong about uh, uh, Brock Purdy, but it, it's okay. You don't expect much out of a former seventh round pick, but you know, I will say that it, it's, it's going to be a close game. That's why I put it at six. And the reason why I tipped the scales just a little bit over is just because the Niners to, right now, and I agree with Jerry Jones on it. They are, they are the, you know, they are the best team in the league right now. So and I think the Cowboys are just a notch below right now, but I think if things go right and then the Cowboys could play to the best of their ability and, 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 and do that, I think the Cowboys can come out with a win. Daniel Phantom. You know, I'm super nervous for this one. And I think a lot of it has to do with just, what this team has shown me over the first four weeks, because it's, it's brought for, it's, it's, it's lifted me up and then it's, and it's then come crashing down and then I'm, it's lifted me up again. So it's like, I really want to know how good this team is. And the 49ers are going to tell me this. I mean, I'm going to put myself at a nine. I'll leave myself a little room for some more nervousness, um, but that's how high it is. I just think that it's a super important game. And this, this team, I just, I feel like the Cowboys, they haven't convinced us yet. Just are they are they legit? Are they are they real? Um, they've given us a taste, and it's kind of like you know that you know you're trying to date a girl and you think she likes you, but then then she you know she don't talk to you all of a sudden, and then she sees you again. It's like hey, how come you know we don't hang out and stuff? So I just feel like I want to hang out. I want the Cowboys to just come along and show us that they are Super Bowl contenders, and a great way to do it is to beat up on the 49ers. Um. I can't wait for um, the next question when we go around the table and discuss our favorite romantic comedies. Danny, I'm sure yours will be wonderful. Uh, Chris Holling, your answer. Uh, uh, my answer is going to be a 10. Honestly, I'm extremely nervous. My legs are shaking just thinking about it right now. Like Christian McCaffrey is playing the best football, honestly, that he, he he's arguably playing the best football he's played in his career. And, you know, our run defense, you know, didn't look great against the Cardinals. Uh, 
I am kind of nervous about our secondary. I, I I will admit I'd be a lot less nervous if we did have Trayvon Diggs, but Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. I mean, I mean, listen, George Kittle has had the Cowboys number a few times throughout his career, and I do like that we have J. Ron Curse. But at the end of the day, there's so many different things to key in on on that offense specifically. It's going to be very hard for the defense, and and we haven't seen our team, you know, you know, jump through that hurdle yet of of uh, getting past them. And I think it's going to say a lot about the Cowboys and it's going to say a lot about Dak Prescott and what kind of team we have right now I really do believe that and um it's just going to be a nightmare too if we lose this game in like blowout fashion because then the rest of the season we're just going to hear like oh I mean it doesn't matter you're still not the number one team in the NFC and this is a season where we're really supposed to have those kind of expectations that this could be a Super Bowl season and if we just get blown out by our biggest threat to make the Super Bowl, it's going to be a long season until the postseason. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm very nervous about it. And I mean, I'm not as nervous about the thought of losing to them as I am about losing to the Eagles out of pure hatred. But in terms of like, just like, just like nerves about like what it means for the Cowboys and what it will say about us on a national like standpoint, I'm very nervous. Dan, I just want to add one thing. Just, just think about your range of emotions. Like just what Chris was saying, like to go from, you know, losing and how you're going to feel, and then to, and beating the 49ers, and just how different it is. So that I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about how big this game is. Um, all very interesting and solid answers in your own right. Um, I think Chris is the only person who got this right because the answer is a ten. Um, and like I think a normal game is like a five, just kind of like right off the bat, like you're always nervous because wins are you know games are so precious in the NFL. Um, obviously, divisional games kind of add a little bit of intrigue and, and elevate the magnitude and the worth that the games have. This isn't that. Um, this is a little bit more narrative driven in terms of you know them owning them, you know or owning the Cowboys. We've talked about that a lot here tonight. Um, but like we're all on edge. Like the, think think about what, when was the la- what was the last roundtable that was this like feisty and, and this spicy? Like like we're, we're all like. It's, it's going to swing one way or another to Danny's point. And to Chris's point, like, it won't just be that people say it and we'll get annoyed at, like, the national talk shows. It, it will live in our heads. Like, we will know. Like, the Cowboys could go blow out the bills in December. And we will think in the back of our minds, man, this is great. But, like, what if they have to go back to San Francisco? What if they're lucky and, and draw home field advantage, but San Francisco has to is the team that they have to face? Like, they, they will continue to live and perpetuate rent-free in our minds and as if all of that weren't true they have beaten the cowboys in the last two like most meaningful games that the franchise has played i understand the the tom brady game to your point tony was very significant but like those were big time opportunities that the cowboys had some distinct advantages in and they blew them they lost like and we could sit here and point fingers and blame whoever we want for them but like that is a very scary proposition this is the first time and i don't even know how long that i'm not going to pick the cowboys i can't like how can you brandon i know you said you were going to you cannot objectively pick them like they have zero benefit of the doubt with regards to this team. We can believe that they can win. We can certainly try to manifest and will it into existence, but there is no sound reason to believe that the Cowboys can win this game. So that has me at a 10 as if I weren't at a 10 already based off of all of those things. Tony, to your point, to the point we talked about early on, the Cowboys themselves have come out and said, like, this is a big old game. This is bigger than a normal thing. So as if I weren't stressed enough, now you have told me that this means more to you than these already difficult games tend to mean in a general sense. So, yeah, I am at an absolute 10. Chris, you got it right. Did I elevate uh, you, Danny, Tony, or Brandon, to, or did Chris elevate you from your answers? Or are you guys going to hold? You're number I, I would be at a 10 if we didn't have Chuma Adoga. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, great point of depth. 
Uh, Brandon, are you going to raise your point from a six? Or are you? Are we chicken little here? I'm firm. I'm firm 100%. I, I, I believe in this team. Tony, you want to sit at eight? I like eight. I mean, it's enough nervous energy for me. I'm not going to, you know, it's a regular season game, so I'll try to keep that in perspective. So, like, yeah, an eight feels good. I, I would creep up to 8.5. I say you give me a half a point. Wow, we did it. We moved the line, Chris. Um, so kudos to us. Uh, I, I agree. just want to say real quick, okay. just, just interrupt real quick. You were talking about a, a heroic effort needed in this fourth quarter, and I was calculating in the comments. And it looked like I got like 30 points for my answer. So I think I definitely made this close at the buzzer. Um, it, it is a, a close contest. I can tell you that. Uh, but last comment uh, before we announce the winner. I agree with Kevin. The uh, noon and 3 o'clock games, because I'm central time zone, Kevin, uh, are going to take forever this week. Like, they're they're yeah. going to take absolutely forever. Um, like this is, the, this is the Sunday to put something in the crock pot, because you're going to have like more than the normal like six hours. Like it, You'll have a lot of time. Uh, so, um, yeah, tough scene. Tony, you, you're going to raise your hand? The points saying, are already I tabulated. No, I was going to say, to that point, I have a wedding on Saturday night, so I'm going to be playing sick on Sunday. It's just going to be a very, very long day. Mm, okay. Well, best of luck to you. Uh, make sure you do the Cupid Shuffle when it comes on. That's the one that you've <laughs> got to go and, like, you, you know, you'll look like you know what you're doing. Brandon, are you raising your hand? Are you a Cupid yeah, Shuffle fan? Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's you know, frustrating to kind of wait until the, the 8 o'clock, the prime, the prime time, Eastern time, uh, Sunday night game. But – to be honest with you, the NFL red zone, you know, the early games and the afternoon games are a lot of fun. So uh, Syracuse, a Syracuse grad, I got to mention the Syracuse guy, of course, uh, Scott Hanson does a hell of a job with the, uh, the red zone. So it makes it a lot of fun when the Cowboys are on late or on Monday For, night. Former member of the orange football team, Scott Hanson uh, was um, so good for him. Scott rules. Um, it is, I was thinking about this the other day. We need some shirts. Let's say seven hours of commercial free football. So, um, and that's also disingenuous because it sometimes goes longer than seven hours. Um, yeah. But I get that like seven hours and change of commercial free football doesn't sound the same. Um, okay, the points are in. Uh, Chris, great job at the very end, uh, but just not enough by a score of one twenty-five to one twenty-four. Our seasoned veterans take home the dub. Team seniority. They came. They saw, they said it was the biggest regular season game of their own personal era as a duo together, and they conquered. Danny Phantom, as the elder statesman of the seniority group, which Tony named, you have the right to speak first. How are you feeling? Who do you want to thank? What's on your mind? What's in your heart? Honestly, you know, it was a lot closer than I expected. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, I was taking shots at Brandonium, but he made some great <laughs> points. And I, in all honesty, Chuma's got his work cut out for him. It's going to be a big thing. And if he and, plays, if that's still an if proposition. If yeah, he plays. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Chris too. I have to say, you know, outside of his lack of understanding of general science, he did a really good job <laughs> making points too. So no, I have to say, good job with the the youngins did good. Uh, Tony, Danny chose to. Um, you know, speak with deference for your competition tonight. Uh, maybe you want to be unclassy. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like take the victory lap. Like, how do you want to handle this? Uh, you've got a little bit tense early on. So yeah. now is your time to maybe like pop the bottles and go crazy. Yeah. I mean, we won, but I wanted it to be like a, like a college football, you know, playoff committee win. I wanted it to win impressively. And as far as I'm concerned, this isn't an impressive point total. So we won, but I wanted more. Wow, a diss at the end. Brandon, he couldn't even win with grace against you guys. He won by one point, and he's over here acting bigger and taller than y'all. That's all right. Hey, hey, Tony, good job up there. I'll just, I'll keep it nice. You know, we got we to gotta go on on a high note. So everybody did a great job tonight. RJ, great job as always, too. 
Uh, Chris, um, you didn't go to Syracuse, so Brandon was disappointed to have you as a teammate. But uh, it was a heroic effort nonetheless. Um, how do you feel about falling just one point short? I mean, I mean, it is what it is. How are you guys <laughs> going to go back to the writer's block next week and tell Halman and Brandon that you guys lost together? Uh, well, hey, I mean, listen, hey, listen, I won't care at all about this loss as long as I go back to the writer's block and the Cowboys dominated the 49ers on Sunday night football. I'll be a very happy man. This will all be in the past, man. I'll be a very right. happy guy. Chris was, Chris was trolling me on the writer's block this morning anyways because when we, go on, we did our chat, and uh, he's a Clemson fan, full disclosure, and in Clemson, uh, miraculously the best orange-colored college, right. Agreed. Yeah, the, the wrong, the wrong orange. The right orange is the Syracuse orange. But we'll Tony, you raised your hand. Yeah, I, I will say this is shameless, com shameless company plug. But I haven't had a chance to listen to writers block yet. But I heard it got a little testy, and I encourage did, everybody yeah. in the in the comments to listen to it. I heard it not got as a little, bad as know. this one though, because uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't as bad as this one. But me and Homer got into a little what discussion. What does that say, Danny, about Brandon and Chris? Because they were a part of both shows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you might have your common denominator there. If you're looking for uh, that's, a, that's a mathematical around. principle, Chris. Oh, yeah, denominator, so. we're not the Ron Bland, you know, we're not Bland. We'll just say that. Um, Can I just say, too, because I've been getting a lot of like tweets, a lot of messages, a lot of talk on here from all these people saying that I'm a Dak hater. I would just like to put it out there firm opinion, firm stance. Dak is a top 10 quarterback. I am not hating on him we should not move on trey lance is not the answer okay i am very confident in dak prescott however there are times when we need to put blame on him and not act like everything is not his fault okay there are there are times when he doesn't do what is necessary to take the team to the next level when things around him aren't going well and that's okay it happens to other players as well okay so i'm not a dak hater i do really like dak prescott he's a great person he's a great player i hate the fact that i have to be the one who is like hating on Dak on here because I really don't want to do it because he's I don't know how you could have been a part of this for the last hour and change and think you're the only one who was you know kind of willing to hold his feet to the fire um okay. but um you know I just had to put it out there I had to put it's it all good but I do like Dak Prescott and by the way for all of our six Diesel 80 says I predicted this win and I predict the Cowboys will also win so Diesel 80 uh is working in the manifesting department uh we had a lot of uh, contributions by the way for the best orange in college football so somebody said the you um who was that here that said uh, um, absolutely the, not uh, the worst orange is Tennessee, though. That is an ugly orange. Maybe uh, man, it's a popular well, opinion. Tennessee sucks. I'm sorry. The man's said the you, uh, Kevin, uh, said the volunteers. Um, no, I'm sorry, one. Kevin. That's that's um negative 10 points. Thankfully, none of you said that stupid school in Austin. Uh, okay, uh, let's get out of here. Tony. Hold up, um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry to interrupt. You said that there would be an individual winner at the end of this as well. I would like that to be revealed. You would like that's that true. to be I would and like I that would, to be me. Yeah. He forgot. That's, that's why one. he's typing it right now. <laughs> I'm not yeah, typing man. anything. Um, the individual <laughs> winner, Danny. It's Tony. Hey, Danny no, won. No. Danny was the most yeah. calm, the most reserved, the least emotional, the most compact. He kept things tight. He kept things neat. He kept things rational for the most part. I mean, and he, you know, took some, some, you know, not exactly thin-veiled shots across the table at his fellow roundtablers, and I always award that. So, Danny, you were sound and you were spicy. That's the combination that we're looking for. Congratulations to you, Danny. Yeah, thank you. I, I think I'm starting to get a hang of things, of you know, how to get my little points here and there. And uh, so, no, it was, uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, you know, I got to sit back and listen to you guys beat up on Tony for a little while. And um, But, no, I think at the, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think the, you made the right decision when you awarded the winner.
Yeah, uh, you are the Max Verstappen of uh, the Blog on the Boys universe. You guys won the constructors together. You and Tony are effectively Red Bull, uh, but you won the world championship individually uh, on top of that. So congratulations to you, Danny. I'm uh, taking all the money, by the way. Sorry, uh, Tony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a true Johnny Bananas move right there. Um, okay, uh, Chris, I know you pandered for the award and didn't get it, so tough scene uh, there. Uh, okay. Tony. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listen. Listen, LeBron James didn't win finals MVP when he lost to the Golden State Warriors, but he was definitely the best player on the floor in that. All right, Chris, um, we've gone off the deep end. Uh, so, Tony, because you were on the winning team but did not win the individual award, that means that you are up to task for our special assignment to close us out. And this is very specific to you. I mentioned the Cupid Shuffle, so this cannot be your answer. Give us something that you promised to dance to on Saturday night at your wedding. A song that you promise that you will hit the dance floor to. And the people here are going to demand video photographic evidence. I won't go that far, but you're a man of honor. So I trust that whatever you're going to tell us, you will 100% hit the dance floor to. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I don't think I could say the word, but it's sang by Juvenile and starts with... Uh... Oh, back that ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to go Motown Philly, but you know. No, I, 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 you know, this is unpopular, but I'm not really a huge fan of the Cupid Shuffle, the the whole Mambo Number no. Five thing. I'm, the, I'm the Chicken Night Dance. Joe. I figured you for a Chicken Dance. Yeah. Macarena. The Cotton Eye Joe. I'm not a really big fan. Of, like <laughs> anything that's like, you know, gets the masses. I, Tony's got know. two left feet. I mean, I dance and I don't stop dancing, but I, I don't love the whole. You know, I don't. I don't know. It's not my thing. Okay. Well, you <laughs> promised. Um. So if you don't do it, um. You'll be the reason the Cowboys lose. No pressure. I'm, anyway, I'll make all right, my let's get out of here. Uh, take a video. <laughs> um, all right, Rachel, we're holding you to that. Uh, Chris, give us three words, and then we leave. Gravity's real. <laughs>